0: everybody. We are back for another episode of Locked on ACC. So glad that you guys decided to return after two full episodes. You're still with us and rocking and rolling. Today's episode is special yet again, because I have another co-host joining me, Tyler Aki of Locked on Syracuse, so we are going to talk all things ACC. We've got some important things to go over today, but first, I want to remind you guys that you should join the Locked On NFL Draft. Host Trevor Sicoma and Benjamin Solak for recaps and analysis of the 2021 NFL Draft and look ahead at next year's future first round picks. Follow the Locked On NFL Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. So, Tyler, how is it going, my guy? I'm so glad to have you here. I think this is going to be really, really fun.
1: I just need to know, okay, since I'm locked on Syracuse, am I like the stepchild in this because they're a new ACC edition? Should I just be happy I'm not Notre Dame? Is that the way that I need to feel about this right now?
0: Oh, 100%. I don't know if you've heard the first couple episodes, but it's been Notre Dame hate through and through. I am anti Notre Dame being a part of the ACC. I don't know why the ACC is going, trying to go so hard to get them back or even keep them after one season. Let it go, bro. Like, well, every- I'm
1: glad we're on the same page with this. Yeah. This is gonna, we're gonna get along fine here. <laughs>
0: every other sport is like, okay, we'll have you, but football. Yeah. We don't need a documentary, nah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I love Syracuse. Um, we could definitely have that conversation about Jim Beheim at the end, because I have some very important questions to ask as a Tar Heel. I think there are some lingering retirement watch issues. More importantly though, it's been NFL draft talk for the past. I don't even know month and a month. It's always NFL draft. Really. It was always talking about, what is, what will be, and maybe what's the past, right? So a lot of 2022 conversation already happening, but that's a lot of what we'll have on tap for you today. So I would love to know, how uh, did you think the draft went in, especially from a Syracuse sense? You can talk about the other some of the other teams, but from a Syracuse sense, I was surprised we got some guys picked up, right?
1: Yeah, no, it was a good draft for Syracuse. And they had two guys picked up, which – I think if you ask Syracuse fans heading into it, they were probably a little disappointed because they thought Trill Williams, who ends up signing as an undrafted free agent with the Saints, was going to be a guy who was going to be picked in the fifth round, sixth round. And then once you get to the seventh round, you're thinking, like, how is this guy still on the board, especially with what he can do from a special team standpoint? But I think they have three guys in this draft. And I guess you could even throw a fourth in with punter Nolan Cooney, that have chances to have long NFL careers because of their versatility. So, from a Syracuse standpoint, you got Andre Cisco going to the Jaguars. I mean, the Jaguars talk about showing love to the ACC. It's <laughs> kind of ironic that Urban Meyer went so ACC heavy right. as he did in this NFL draft. But that's neither here nor there. And then Ife Melafonwu as well going to the Lions at the end of the in the supplemental part of the. The third round, it was a good day, that second day of the draft for Syracuse fans. So I think if you ask the average Orange fan, they're pretty excited with how everything shook out.
0: No doubt. And then, you know, top of the week, we were talking about how, you know, a lot of teams were thinking – okay, I I didn't have the greatest schedule, but I was still able to put some guys in the draft. And, you know, people have been on Babers' neck about whether or not he should still be the coach, right? But still getting guys to the next level is ultimately what it's all about, right? So do you think that he is a little bit off or is it kind of like, nah, we need to still perform where we're at sitting here at Syracuse?
1: Well, the interesting thing with who went in the NFL draft for Syracuse is, they all came from the same sort of position group: cornerback, safety, that defensive back room, and that's one of the things that Syracuse. Again, you're never going to be DBU. That's you're <laughs> going to leave that to LSU, Ohio State, uh, Florida State, like Clemson. Like those are DBUs. But if you can be that next tier, and if you're that guy who is in between the three and four star if you're right in the middle like right on the fringe there you might look at Syracuse and you're seeing it start to reflect a little bit in some of the recruiting they're starting to get better and better guys in that defensive secondary and that's ultimately what it's going to come down to that's how you get your program to the next level almost like I mean obviously Carolina a lot of it you can chalk up to the coaching change with Mac Brown but They were a team that wasn't getting the the cream of the crop. And now they're going to be, as long as Mac Brown's there, they're going to perennially be a top 15 recruiting team in the country on the football side of things. You're used to that in basketball, but not football.
0: And I would love to know, you know, get your opinion on this. We were talking about coaches – and how much clout they bring. And I was, you know, harping on the fact that Coach Cut got Daniel Jones to be a number six pick in the draft. Like, whoever thought that was going to happen, right? But you think about, you know, what kind of pull you bring. You mentioned Mac Brown, and I'm sitting here saying Mac Brown is a whole brand. So, of course, if he tells you this guy is on the next level, you're going to give him an extra look as opposed to maybe you would say, you know, some from the other coaches in the league. And I don't know, you know, I'm not going to go into like the other necessarily ACC schools, but I think it just, you're right. It, it, brings, it speaks differently, sure. Even Fedora was congratulating a lot of the Carolina guys who he drafted, right? Mac Brown in his press conference gave some love, which was important because as much as coaching changes happen, you still got to give up to the people who brought those kids there in the first place. Now, do you think the ACC is in competition with or never going to get to the SEC type numbers when it comes to draft selection?
1: Well, here's what I found so interesting about this year's NFL draft is that the good schools were down and the bad schools were up in terms of (laughs) draft numbers. Like I I went through and crunched some of the numbers here. All right. So I know we were talking a lot of junk about Notre Dame off the top, but they had in the season that they played in the ACC, they had nine guys drafted. That's the most since they had 10 back in 1994, which is when the NFL draft moved to its seven round format Pitt with six guys drafted. They were surprisingly number two among all ACC schools with six guys drafted. That's their most since 2011. NC State, five, most since 2017. Clemson, they were actually down a little bit. They were like an average Clemson year. They had five as well. But Duke, Florida State, Miami, Virginia, like all these schools were up this year. Syracuse, they had two, but it felt like they had three or four. There was a lot of buzz around ACC guys in this NFL draft. I mean, you look at the number one pick of the entire thing with Trevor Lawrence, There was so much buzz around the ACC. So even though I don't think they'll ultimately get to an SEC level, I do think that the fact that you're getting all these guys to get to the pros and get drafted and you don't have to necessarily be at Clemson, like you can go to Pitt. And you can get draft six guys getting drafted from pit is a huge feat. And I think it's a really good thing for the conference when you've got not necessarily bottom feeders, but some of these middling teams having success, getting guys to the next level.
0: Absolutely. And I, you know, harp on the fact that Pitt got guys when you talk about the fact that a lot of people put Pitt in the, are they really in the ACC category when you're (laughs) talking about should they be here? And then you look at the numbers and you're like, how damn, right? Pitt's one of the mainstays. And I think about, you know, predictions of next season. And honestly, a team that I feel like is going to have a breakout year is Boston College. I think what they have done in the last you know, year and a half in terms of changing that team around that defense was something serious when they played Carolina. Um, I'm thinking they're going to have more picks then. And of course they have, you know, the one-off, they have the Matt Ryans of the world, right? But they might mm-hmm. have some top dogs uh, next season for sure. Now I want to remind you guys, listen, I don't know about you, Tyler, but everybody's going after rings, right? And you want to be the ACC champion. And now this year, Beyond Clemson, actual teams will get the opportunity to get that. But more so if you're not necessarily a championship ring kind of person and maybe you're a diamond ring or a necklace bracelet person for your mom, you have to go to... Ten, ten. This is an exclusive collection of ten creative styles of diamond rings designed by ten of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings are sure to bring joy into a female or even a male. You want to get a little ring popping for your man life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced by, from Botswana, ten female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever. You're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them, by, find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at Oh, We are moving on to the 2022 conversation, the watch list. There are some in the ACC prospects up there that I would love to dive in that conversation Um, with you Tyler more importantly are there is there anybody that jumps off the page I have one of course I'm on the Heisman Howell watch I'll go out there yeah
1: I was gonna say speaking (laughs) with uh, a Carolina girl like yourself I knew that's where this was gonna kind of gear and listen I think this is a great draft to be a quarterback because we don't know who the number one quarterback, is it going to be Sam Hall? Is it going to be Spencer Rattler? Can Malik Willis from Liberty leap up draft boards? I mean, there's all sorts of guys that there's no Trevor Lawrence in this draft. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the important things when you look, especially at the quarterback position, we see this premium get put on that position when you get closer and closer to the NFL draft. I mean, you talk about a guy like Mac Jones, who wasn't even really considered on draft boards. And then he has a fantastic season with Alabama, ends up being the number 15 overall pick. And pretty much up until draft day, a lot of people thought he might be the number three overall pick. So I'm looking through the ACC quarterbacks who can be that guy who takes the rise? Is it going to be a King, Phil Djurkovic? Kenny Pickett from Pitt I mean uh, Tommy DeVito can can those guys make the leap and be that quarterback who ascends and puts themselves into draft conversations once we do get to March and April and things really start to heat up
0: right and before Derrick King got injured I will say he carried that Miami team I don't know if you saw the game Mm -hmm. Miami versus NC State but he put the squad if there was ever a time to put the squad on your back he did just that and you know fortunately that injury happened but I think if he has another breakout year he might step above Sam Howell there I know the Miami Carolina game wasn't what people thought it would be and all that kind of stuff but Darren King is somebody that I would definitely have high marks if he has another great year and then Phil Griffin just from size right that's just Mm -hmm. to me what Everyone focuses on when it comes to having your pocket quarterback, but he can, he also is pretty mobile, right? I think he'll be somebody that certainly is on a roster or on boards as we gear into the season. But of course, like you said, I can't not have Sam Howell on the list. And I think he's getting even more weapons this season with De'Ami Brown's brother Joffrey Brown. Right. And then we also have some other guys that of course I just need y'all to do your part to help Sam mm-hmm. look better. But defensively, are there I know we have talked a lot about you know DBUs being other conferences but there's some pretty pretty big weapons we saw Eileen mcneil go to the detroit lions from nc state and they've kind of prided themselves on getting linemen or linebackers and other defensemen into the league the past couple years especially are there any people that jump out on the page for you
1: from the defensive side of things i I like to look to the the clemson secondaries uh, quite frequently when i when i do some of these And, and I look at guys like um, uh, uh, Sheridan Jones is a guy who I think could be a, a big part of it. And, and then like Darian Kendricks, obviously a big name that that people like to think of too. And I just think, can those guys, can they take that next step? Because we've seen in the past, and, and you know, like, well you always think with Clemson and defensive backs, like, does John Gruden like you? Because <laughs> it feels like that's been the cheat code for some of these Clemson guys to get in at the next level and get drafted highly. And and I always look at, okay, does John Gruden like you? And and that could be something to, to always look at moving forward too with a lot of these Clemson guys.
0: Yeah, I think that, and as well as Peyton Wilson, I think from NC State, he's going to be another guy to watch because, you know, this past season, they gave the defensive player of the year award, the ACC defensive player of the year award to, I can't recall his name, but he's from Notre Dame. Um, Despite the fact that Peyton, Peyton Wilson had better numbers And I think that's probably some big old chip that he'll carry with him throughout this season. And I think should NC State, and it's almost like NC State has to have a good season for your guys to get a little love, right? You got to be on a certain kind of stage and playing field. Doran has to win eight to nine games to have his guys get in conversations. Because if not, unfortunately, you just don't get looked at the same way you do for a Clemson, the same way you do get looked at for an Ohio State and even for, you know, other defense's, across the country. And I would love to know, like, you know, being the Syracuse guy and we, you know, you said you still had a great draft. How much of that goes into the conversation when you think guys are getting recruited about the kind of exposure or the, the power behind, you know, a certain coach's name.
1: It's gotta be huge. And the thing with Syracuse too is you look at the guys and you talk about how some of the, the lower level teams in the ACC, you need to either, have just eye-popping numbers or you have to be part of a winning team. Right. And when I look at the Syracuse guys, it was the eye-popping numbers stuff. Andre Sisco was the nation's active leader in interceptions heading into last season before he he goes down with an ACL injury. You have... Ify who okay, his quote-unquote stats don't jump off the page, but his measurables do. When you look at his wingspan and the way that he could lock down some of these receivers, I mean, the the targets or the lack thereof, I should say, (laughs) against him. Those are things that these scouts love to see when they're evaluating some of these lower-tier ACC schools is how do you impact the game? And can you impact the game in ways other than just okay, I'm going to lock down that receiver. I'm going to in the slot here. They look for, okay, can you be a valuable asset on special teams? Can mm-hmm. you do kick coverage? Like there are so many jobs in the NFL that some people don't think about, but there's a nice little way to create a little 10, 12-year career for you. I mean, I think of a guy like Matthew Slater with the Patriots, one of the, the greatest kick coverage guys, punt coverage guys of all time. And that's all he does. He's made a living off of that. He's found his niche in the NFL. There's so many little roles that you can play in that league that can help you get in and stay in for a long time.
0: Absolutely. I was having a conversation today with Locked On. Uh, bears for the Chicago Bears. We're talking about Daz Newsome and you know what kind of role that they think that he'll play in Chicago. And I'm like, listen, not only will he, he'll be a slot receiver, but he's a special teams guy. And I right. think that, you know, people are talking about care, I'm like, Carolina did not have a great special teams, right? So he was damaged. he wasn't exactly jumping off the page, of course. But I think that if he's in the right position, he'll take the chance. A lot of guys are all about the fair catch game. They're not really trying to get you know blasted. Sure. Daz Newsome is not that guy. He's going to try and make a play sometimes when it's not there but he's going to put that (laughs) effort but I think overall you know it's important to find your role and find your niche like you said if you want to stay on some teams long and you are not the number one guy necessarily you're going to figure out real quick you're going to have to have a niche in that regard
1: and one thing you bring up Daz Newsome and being a Bears fan we didn't like our last Carolina (laughs) draft pick that we had but we're hoping for better things with, with Daz Newsome but, no, I remember when I saw the pick for the Bears and Daz Newsome, I thought to myself, you know, I love this pick because, okay, will he play a ton of receiver? We'll see. But I like his prospects as a special teams guy. I mean, I, I believe he returned his punt for a touchdown against Syracuse. Mm-hmm. I remember watching, and I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, that that was uh, three years ago now. Mm-hmm. But. That, I mean, you just have to find different ways to change the game. Daz Newsom's a perfect example of that. Trill Williams from Syracuse, perfect example of guys who can change the game in more ways than one.
0: Absolutely. And I say, listen, Justin Fields and Daz Newsom having to grow together is going to be great for both of them, right? And having to grow. And I understand the Mitch Trubisky thing was not great, but Mitch is going to find his role on somebody's bench. And he is right. going to be a great second and an asset. I think that the bears messed up from the jump from picking him as high as they did. And sometimes you just have to live with that. you got to live with a bad pig because it wasn't all his fault. I know I have to give my love to my guy. Like he, he really is sweet. I'm sure he means well in life. I'm sure he's a really nice person. <laughs> he just got into a city where there's just too much history, right? You can jack up right. Jacksonville, right? You can jack up, you know, some of these new, hell, even the Carolina Panthers, you can jack, you can't jack up the Chicago Bears. You just can't. Right.
1: It's (laughs) it's one of those things where everyone said, listen, he seems like the nicest guy in the world. You'd love to have him as your neighbor. Right. I just don't want him as the quarterback of my football team, the starting quarterback <laughs> of my football team right now.
0: And, and that that's how it played out. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Now, before we jump into some basketball talk here, I want to make sure you guys are all set to go with Built Bar, 18 amazing flavors that are 100% covered in chocolate. Built Bar is even more delicious. If you're a health conscious person like me, you'll enjoy Built Bar because it's low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for the keto diet. Go to buildbar.com and use promo code LockedOn and you get 15% off your next order. And once you've got your Build Bar, make sure you're tapped in as you're preparing the bet For the rest of this season, go to betonline.ag. This week has tons of sports action. As we talk about some future Rookie of the Year picks and predictions, we also got to talk about where Aaron Rodgers might end up. That could be a crazy concept. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs. Make sure you go to betonline.ag on your mobile or laptop device. Check out all of the sign-up bonuses and contest information. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Now we're wrapping up good NFL draft predictions, football conversation, but I'd be remitted. My first show, we didn't talk about some good, <laughs> exciting, maybe sad more for me news of the ACC basketball world, right? Roy Williams retiring and a lot of conversation sparked by our older coaches and where they sit on that conversation, right? We talk about Coach K, we talk about Coach Beheim. Is there a future there for them beyond five years? I mean, what is the time frame? And I will and you know, I can't. Of course I got Tyler here on the show, so I gotta get it out of the gate. Do is there a retirement watch? Normally we have a fire watch, right? <laughs> is there a retirement <laughs> watch for Coach Beheim?
1: it's uh, don't ask him. that that that's the best way I think you could, you could frame it is just don't ask him. It'll happen when it happens. And, and obviously listen, he's not going to, he's not going to coach forever, but I it's one of those things where we thought there was this timeline in place. He was supposed to retire at the end of the, the 2017, 2018 season. And then it didn't, it didn't happen. So I look at it from this lens is I I'm not going to push him out the door. He's shown that he can still coach. Now the recruiting mm. stuff has been a bit tricky for him as of late, but even you could say the, the last year or two, it's picked up a little bit. There was that little rut of three or four years where it was down and you were getting guys in the ranked in the hundreds and, and your Syracuse university, you should be getting guys that are McDonald's all Americans, five stars, high level four stars. And they weren't getting that. And the, the fan base was frustrated, but I, I, I'm not one to push him out the door because he's shown he can still get to the sweet 16. He can maximize talent. Now he's got another hurdle here and that's acclimating in the world of the transfer portal. And that's going to be his next challenge. And it's going to be one of those things. And I always say this about Roy Williams. I think he is the most self aware coach in all of sports, all of sports. I'm talking professional (laughs) collegiate, whatever. And he knew now was the time to go. He knew yeah. that me, as a coach, I don't think I can keep up in this young man's game of the transfer portal, quote-unquote, free agency. And that's part of why I loved Roy Williams for many, many years, is because of how self-aware he was. And now I'm looking at a guy like Beheim. Is can he acclimate? Because if he doesn't, then the game is going to pass him by. And you're not going to be able to get to the Sweet 16 by doing things the old way.
0: Yeah. I also think... By coach Beheim and coach k right you start to get that old uncle old grandpa conversation right? Like, where you start to say things where you're like hindsight maybe five years ago 10 years ago i probably wouldn't have said that but now i'm at a certain age level where i just don't give a damn so i'm gonna just looking yeah. fly and we saw right williams i think we could
1: we could throw <laughs> leonard hamilton in this conversation because he, he <laughs> yep. may not he may not look 72 but he's 72 <laughs> all
0: right so absolutely he, uh, when you think about uh, Roy Williams opening his press conference, basically saying that opting out is quitting. I'm like, yep, that was, a, you know what? It's about that time. Wrap it <laughs> on up, folks. <laughs> when I think about Beheim and some of the stuff he said recently, I'm like, you know, the watch is getting a little hotter because in the world we live in now, right, sound bites and just the where, what the conversation is and how you feel about it. You can't probably say what you really feel and mean. You can't, you have to have that po- way more politically correct answer than we're used to seeing. I think, you know, at some point, you get tired of having to police yourself, right? So maybe that could be a reason. But also, I do agree with the transfer portal that I've been telling all the guys next week I would love to have a bigger, deep dive conversation about. It is a fast game now, and everyone's just trying to find the right niche for them. And when you have coaches who are like, listen, I've got national championships. I understand that you want more playing time, or you think you're, you know, hot stuff, and your daddy told you, or your mama said, you've been great at AAU, but no, <laughs> right? And maybe that's not the <laughs> right. best situation for them. And maybe they do need a different coach with different kind of scheme and what have you. But I do like, I'm an old school person. So like, you know, at the end of the day, if it ain't broke, don't fix it in a lot of ways. Now, when it came to the coaching hires for Carolina, I'm like, it's a little bit broken. Maybe we should fix this. <laughs> maybe we should explore outside the Carolina family. But I will say I, I'm i agreement in agreement with the fact that, You know, as long as he adjusts, which is what, you know, life is really all about, he'll be fine for a couple more years. I also think, you know, you talk about 2017, talk about Buddy Behan, he probably was like, listen, we got some bills to pay. (laughs) I got to coach a little (laughs) bit longer. (laughs) I got a kid in college, right? So, I mean, I'm sure there's free tuition, all that kind of stuff, whatever, but I think that, you know. I was always laugh at the fact that he has a college kid and that's
1: just, well, he's going to have two on his team now with, uh with go. Jimmy coming over from Cornell and he's got a <laughs> daughter too, who, who used to play college basketball as well. So yeah, I mean, I mean, he, he may be this, this old grandpa curmudgeon, sort of dude, but he's young at heart. He's got three <laughs> college age kids, not grandkids, kids. Yeah. So I, It's one of those things. But getting back to kind of what you said about Carolina and keeping it within the family, I'd imagine that's what it's going to be like for both of these programs, Duke, Syracuse. I just see it going that way. And I mean, you think about the the names that always get rumored to take over at Duke, take over at Syracuse. It's always within the family. Is it Jerry Mm -hmm. McNamara? Is it Mike Hopkins? Red Autry? Is it John Shire? Jeff Capel? Wojo? Chris Collins? Like, it's all guys within the family. And I don't see that changing with either of these programs either.
0: Yeah, well, you know, great conversation we'll have next week because I would love to hear your thoughts about who you think is going to take over for Duke and Syracuse, rather, because... I I, I don't know. I throw my hands up. I I knew Hubert Davis only because it was writing on the wall. He's been there not like, what did y'all think? I don't know why people were shocked by it, but for whatever reason, JV coach, people are holding out the hope for Brad Stevens. I'm like, y'all really need to let that go. Coming from, (laughs) you know, college or, you know, pros to college, that's a whole different ballgame and a lot of more red tape you have to go through. But Tyler, I appreciate your time. I'm going to let you get out of here, but I want folks to know where they can go and listen if they want to hear more of your work.
1: Yeah, you can check us out at Locked On Syracuse with myself and Tim Leonard. You can listen and subscribe to the show there. And you can find me on Twitter at Tyler, A-K-I underscore.
0: No doubt. Now you can get to know all the sporting news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast host, Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts follow locked on today podcast on the odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Thank you all for joining yet again. What is another amazing locked on ACC show? It's, We'll look forward to talking to you down the line. Until next time, here with me leaving, it's Candace and Tyler. Hope you guys have a great Wednesday. You are Locked On ACC, your daily podcast on the Atlantic Coast Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.